Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Chester with me as always as Wheels Maniker. Wheels, how's it rolling? As always, I've missed like three of the last five podcasts, but I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's true. You have. You're always there for the intro, though. Well, you make me. You like maybe get up at four in the morning and do a stupid intro for two minutes. All right, so we got a team today that uh, you hate. You have them as one of the worst teams in the league. This was one of our biggest disagreements. Uh, you have the Baltimore Ravens at 27. I had them all the way up at 18, and I thought, well, maybe I was missing something. Um, so cumulatively, uh, there are 23 in our cumulative power rankings, but um, their over/unders eight and a half, which you know, as an example, is higher than the Denver Broncos. It's a legacy team. They finished, Broncos. They well, they finished 12th in DVOA last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, behind a, a bad offense, but a great defense. So before we bring our guests on, why don't you tell me why you hate the Ravens so much? I mean, you think that they're one of the worst three or four teams. I think you said that. They're well, have first a of all, pick, the right? truth is when we made those picks, it looked like Flacco was in worse shape than I think he is now. To, that, that, but you just said last week that they're going to have one of the worst five records in the league. I think they, they have no ceiling. I, I just I, like, why are they going to be better than last year? And they weren't good last year. Well, they were 12th in DVOA. That's a playoff. Team. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like I, I think the eight and a half is a legacy number. It's like we're than like Mike Wallace, like who, you know, who's getting you excited about this team? All right. Well, why don't we bring our guest on? And uh, our guest is George Costanza on Twitter, but he's also a Tar Heel conch. So, uh, Garrett, welcome to the podcast. Hello. The man excited of excited to be on. Sorry. Garrett, Garrett Bushman is your real name. <laughs> Garrett Bushman is the real name. My real name's not Tar Heel conch. <laughs> or George Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if George would be a Ravens fan. Elaine might be. She's uh, Raven, yeah, she's an Orioles fan. She got thrown out of a game. She's so uh, committed. Yeah, but she, but she had moved to New York years before the Ravens existed. So, and she still, she hung onto the hat. She was committed yeah. to the cause. Are you We're also a terrible Orioles, Orioles team? Fan? I'm a huge Orioles fan. We're, oh, well, you guys have uh, had a little renaissance the last couple of weeks. We're competing for that garbage second AL wild card yeah. spot hey. with <laughs> your twins. Yeah. It's fun to we make the plays for three hours. I, I can tell you that as a Mets fan from last year. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, one of the worst moments of my life was when they didn't put in Zach Britton last mm-hmm. year in that playoff game. It's, yeah. uh, I, I was just like a wreck for two weeks. Well, so. th- this is a theme, because uh, we had uh, Superfan Robbie on the podcast a couple days ago, and he was a wreck at, uh, last fall after the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. So <laughs> yeah. we have a lot of uh, people struggling with their sports fandoms. Actually, now that I mentioned Superfan Robbie, let me bring him in. He says that the Ravens had the best draft of all 32 teams. He loves wow, all their college football picks. expert. Really? He thinks these guys are going to be stars. He thinks their defense is going to be heavily improved for the next few years. And, again, this is a defense that last year was sixth in DVOA. 
So, uh, Superfan Robbie seems to be more on my side with the Ravens, and I only have him at 18, which isn't high. But um, why don't you tell me, what is your feeling coming into this season for this Ravens team? I'm probably somewhere in the middle of you guys. I would say they're probably around the 22nd best team. And I'm flattered that Robbie thinks we have a good draft, because uh, most people did not were not high on our draft, and Robbie is also the only guy to ever block me on Twitter. Wow! So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I our hope... Our guests are fighting with each other. What <laughs> happened? Tell us that story. Uh, I, you guys brought it up on the podcast. I don't know if you remember, but uh, I made I made may have made an ill-advised tweet following the election. I was a uh, oh okay. So okay. Uh, we got it. We got it. It was uh, it was a tumultuous time, but yeah. Robbie, unblock unblock um, uh, Garrett. He supports he, Trump. <laughs> my I'm wearing my Make America Great Again hat right now. Um, but uh, um, this team is not very good. If you just look at the depth chart, you don't see a lot of talent. This isn't a great indicator of successful teams, but if you just look at the top 100 players in the NFL, you have maybe one or two that's on the Ravens. So it's hard to see a lot of talent in this team. Yeah, and also, yeah, this- you know, uh, if if we were going to talk about the Rams later, they oh, I, do, I just noticed also, like, you could talk about, like, the team being talented outside of Goff, but then you look at, at, at them in, in the top 100, if you go by, let's say, pro football focus top 100, the only guys you could even make a case for there are uh, are Whitworth and obviously Aaron Donald. So who would you make a case are your top 100, 100 guys? Um, I'd say Marshall Yonda, our right guard, is probably one of the top 100 players in the league. He's been a yeah. really well, solid guard for the couple. Yeah, I've had that uh, at number seven in the entire NFL. Yeah, but so. the problem is that right guard is in a particularly high leverage right. position. It doesn't matter. I'd rather have a better left tackle or basically mm-hmm. most other positions. Maybe Eric Weddle is a pretty good safety. Yeah, you have two top 10 really- guys. Weddle and Yonda in the t- in, the, in Pro Football yeah, Focus. Surprising. I thought Weddle had nothing left when he yeah. left the Chargers, but he had a great year last no, year. Safety like, like die early nowadays. Not like literally die, but they seem to run into steam pretty pretty quickly. Maybe uh, it's he, that beard. Maybe it's the same. He's a good ball hawking safety, so he was he was very productive for us. Garrett, do you want to guess your third guy in the top one hundred? You only have three. Um, is it last year's Ravens? I'm gonna. Was it uh, Brandon Williams? No, you're missing the obvious one. The obvious Joe one. Joe Flacco is not a league quarterback. It's very easy. <laughs> Joe, oh my god, uh, this is embarrassing. Um, is when it, you get it, you're not going to be embarrassed, but you're going to realize oh, it was stupid. Uh, he was probably named Team MVP when they do those like team, MV, you know, players vote for the Team <laughs> MVP. I'm sure he was named Team MVP. Was it? Uh, it wasn't. We didn't have him last year. It wasn't Pierce. No, I mean, because the strength of the team last year was our run, rush defense, no, so you're, that's what I'm going you're, off you're, The strength of the team was the guy you're missing. Steve Smith? Nope. <laughs> when I say gonna it, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel stupid, but I'm going to make you keep guessing. All right, I'm prepared to feel stupid. Jimmy Smith? No. Now you're just making guys up. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. Like he was the on the Jaguars in the, in the 90s. 90s? Yeah. Mo- Mo- McCardo? No. Uh, Mosley? Justin Tucker. Justin, T- oh, oh, God. Okay, that's the. Yeah, I mean, by the way, I mean, you weren't I, I thinking special one, teams, so. so it's not so embarrassing. I get it. I, you weren't yeah. thinking special. Yeah. But I mean, if you look, no, but Keith, as soon as you said it was obvious. Yeah, no, you should have got it, but but it, like it, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it I'm not going to hang up on you because you forgot I mean, the kicker. <laughs> if you if you look at the two things that this team really does well, it's rush defense and special teams, which I would argue are two of the most useless things, which is why I'm not particularly high on this team. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. In, well, okay, so one other wait, in my twelve. By the way, the Tucker note in my twelve team, uh, like old man league, Justin Tucker went seventy fifth overall. 
<laughs> that's like Dan Fouts, who thought Ray Guy took him like yeah. second overall in yeah. the all-time yeah. draft or whatever. Yeah. Trump pick. And he's like, well, he was great last year. I'm like, yeah, but you don't get his last year stats. Like, he's not going to go 10 for 10 from like 60 yards this year. Like, yeah, he, he had a, he had a, like a once in a lifetime season. Even even if he's the best kicker, he's not on a team that scores the most points. And it's freaking kicker. Like, this is the only league that I'm yeah. in out of a million that even plays with a kicker. I mean, this is well, easily why, a bottom league, easily a bottom ten offense. So I don't understand at all how that pick makes any sense. I mean, I guess the argument is they the can only get to like the other team's thirty-eight, and then you just kick a field goal every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the he's been really solid the last you know five years or so. The Ravens struggled a lot with kicking in the past. I don't know, but one of the another one of the worst games of my life was the Ravens. They played. I don't know if you remember this, Chester. They played the Vikings in two thousand nine, the Brett Favre season. They had they missed some field goal at the forty yard line, and then they missed a field goal to tie the game in the NFC AFC Championship in two thousand and ten. So they've had their kicking problems, but not since Justin Tucker. Well, I remember the Ravens Vikings game in December a couple of years ago. That was the Cordell Patterson game. Mm-hmm. Remember that it was in the rain, and they were like it was like twelve to seven with five minutes left in the game, and then both teams scored like eight touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They scored. Yeah. They scored like uh, insanity. Yeah. In the last two minutes, they just went off. Yeah, like like literally eighty-yard touchdowns going in each direction, kickoff returns and, and bombs. And uh, all right, let's let's talk about the twenty seventeen Ravens. Oh, you guys have been decimated by injuries, suspensions, retirements. Um, Dennis Pitta's out with a hip. Uh, Kenneth Dixon has a knee and is also suspended. Uh, you know, this is a team who last year I think led the league in pass attempts, which is surprising, and was like thirtieth in rush attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashad Perriman, who uh, you know missed the year, he, he might be healthy. You've added Jeremy Macklin. Um, Danny Woodhead, who's a running back, but really more of a receiver. So, is this you know is there any going to be is there going to be any running game, or is it just going to be more passing, passing, passing again with a mediocre Flacco? Um, it's going to be more going to be more passing. Um, they they fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the season last year. They fired Mark Tressman, who was the old Bears coach, and I yeah, guess he grew up with my dad in St. Louis Park. Oh, really? Uh, he just coaches like he's been like coaching CFL for a while, so. Uh... Um, so they have Marty Morning Hugh as their offensive coordinator, and I imagine it's going to be more passing. They're going to they have Macklin, as you mentioned this year, who's going to play slot, and he was cut by the Chiefs. So people, Ravens Twitter, Ravens uh, Ravens Sphere is excited about him, but I can't possibly see why. Like, I mean, he's I mean, probably at best a wash with Steve Smith, who was like a corpse. He was like you know thirty some odd years old in his late thirties, and he was cut by the Chiefs. So I. There's not a lot to be confident about as far as their skill positions. As you mentioned, Kenneth Dixon is out for the entire year. It seems kind of cruel that he's suspended and is injured. I don't know. It just seems over the top. And uh, I don't know. They they lost uh, Kamar Aiken, one of the receivers of the Colts. And it's, I don't know, it's not a lot to be confident. Perriman, he was a first-round draft pick a couple years ago. Hasn't really showed up. He's been injured. So there's no real reason to think that he's going to be a particularly productive receiver. And as you can mention, Mike Wallace of uh, the old hated Steelers I mean, this is like a good team in 2011 is. with, like, Flacco, Wallace, and Mack. Yeah, I know. I, all Wallace does now is he runs 50 yards downfield, and he uh, doesn't possess Torrey Smith's best talent. And I don't know if you guys remember what Torrey yeah. Smith's best talent pass was. Interference. Pass interference. Yeah. He just run down the field, and he would have triple the pass interference yards as everybody else. And Mike Wallace doesn't seem to I mean, have it's the right skill. quarterback for for, right, so for doing that. But, yeah, he, he doesn't have this. Yeah, that, that's all they do. 
Yeah, that's all, all I right, did. So let's talk about the defense for a second. So number six in DVOA last year. You've added four new defensive backs, so you have, should, have, should have an improved secondary. So I think the defense should be very good. Yeah, so the defense will be very good. Uh, they re-signed uh, Brandon Williams, and uh, so they have uh, they had like an all-time rush defense going into week 13 last year. They have a very good secondary going into this year. They got Tony Jefferson. They got Brandon Carr. You know, Weddle has been very productive. Smith's coming back from a bunch of injuries. But the real concern is that they don't have much of a pass rush. So, it's, I I mean, they have a good secondary. They have a good rush. They have a good rush defense, but they can't get to the quarterback. I think Suggs was the – Suggs had some sacks, but no other yeah, guy for, had more for than a four ram, For a Ravens front seven, it's, it's shockingly anonymous. I mean, if you ask, like, you know, pretty, like, serious football fans – after mm-hmm. Suggs and maybe Mosley, I don't think they could name another another guy in the front seven. Yeah, yeah. Again, as as I mentioned, they signed Williams for one a huge contract, like fifty two million dollars this offseason. Pierce, he was undrafted a couple years ago, but really has been rising through the ranks and he's been up and coming. But their inside linebacker core is not really impressive, and all they do is stop the run. They can't get to the quarterback at all. Yeah. Which it was sounds a lot like the Jets, like they're built yeah. for the they're built for the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you uh, if ru- if rush defense and special teams is what carries teams this year, then uh, the Ravens will have a very good year. But I do uh, love the secondary. Car Smith, Weddle, and Jefferson is really solid. Oh, it it's excellent. Yeah, they have a very good secondary. But again, if they can't get to the quarterback, they're just gonna. I mean, he's gonna have all day. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Right. Secondary doesn't matter if you don't have a pass rush. I agree. Hmm. Uh, Garrett, let's go game by game with the Ravens and let's try and suss out how many games they're okay. gonna win. You can't so play the this... roster game anymore, Chester, because the rosters have been cut from 9 to 53, so there's no fun, like, Fish Smithson type guys left on teams. So the Ravens... Fish Smithson, that's a real name? Fish Smithson, yeah, he was... was one of our guys earlier yeah. uh, in the... Uh, I, I know you listen to everything and then and then edit them, yeah. so I, I'm sure you heard his name ten times, and you're just joking. Yeah, so the Ravens... How do you... Yeah, what were you going to say? I'm saying their schedule is really weird this year. I don't know if you can look at it quickly, but... They have all of their hard games are on the road, and all of their easy games are at home. Yeah, so let's they go through it, like, and, and, and because you, you start with a couple divisional games, right, at Cincy. Okay. So how are you feeling about this Sunday? Uh, this will be a loss. What do you got, like four and a half point underdogs? We'll play Guess the Lines I, I, I've already looked at. <laughs> We're just uh, stealing bits from uh, Cousin Sal and uh, Stealing Bill bits? Simmons. We've been doing it for so long that we forgot we yeah. stole it from them. <laughs> Haven't you been competing against them since like the early '80s at this point? Yeah, Chester uh, Chester Chester has like a... yeah. Oh, we got a. Yes, I have. You know, he got a retweet from cousin Sal since we last, uh, since he last did it, and um, I think this year <laughs> we got a really up. I remember. Game. You, I remember you sent it to one of these guys on Twitter, and he basically just called you like, "What yeah, the cousin hell?" Yeah, like, cousin Sal called him a huge loser. Cousin Sal called Chester. Yeah, that's correct. He's turned around on him now in Chester. All right, so at since he's a loss, then you home opener is hosting the Browns. I assume that's a win. That's a win. Then they have the Jags, yeah, which is that's also in London, win. right? What? Yeah, it's nine thirty a.m. So they'll be two and one at this point. The Orioles will be out of the division. It's you know twenty fourth September. Orioles. And I don't even want to. Well. Don't even check Twitter to see where your alma mater is because I think they just got some bad news too <laughs> during the podcast about the uh, oh about man the injuries. Um. Uh, all right, so you're at two and one, and then you host the Steelers. Loss. Okay. Uh, and two and two, you go to Oakland. So here's another tough game um, on the road. Yeah, loss. All right, you host the Bears. Win. 
Then uh, you play Chester's beloved Vikings on the road. That's a loss. Okay, so that's three and four, and you host the Dolphins on a very short week. Sunday night, you guys come <sighs> home first. Uh, that's a f coin flip game win. All right, so you're four and four. Last game before the bye, you go to Tennessee. Loss. People are really high in the Titans. All right. Well, I mean, we're, yeah. we're, the or Ravens have always been a traditionally like a weird team that they've won even in their bad years they've won six games at home every year for like since like 2010 except for the year that they were abominable mm -hmm. so i don't know i just trust them at home more than at the road they always play poorly on the road yeah so after after the bye you're four and five you go to lambo yeah i mean you're not joking the hard games are on the road and then the easy games are yeah. like the only easy game we have at home I mean, the only hard game we have at home is the steelers and maybe the Bengals, and those are divisional mm -hmm. games so we go to Lambeau. That's a loss. So you're four and six. The season's falling apart at this point. Monday night football. Can you salvage the season at home against the the Texans? Nope. No. Loss. Wow. So you're four and seven. You host the Lions. We're gonna split the Texans and Lions, so we'll win that. All right. So five and seven. Then you go to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. <sighs> mm, I'm I'm tempted to figure out if we're gonna split with Pittsburgh because we always do, but I'm gonna say loss. This is not a very good team. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure where the talent is. Six and eight, hosting the Colts. This could be like, who's your backup again? Isn't it the Browns? No, who's your backup? Oh, you, oh, 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 oh the Browns were a win. Are you going to lose in Cleveland? Oh yeah, no, we're going to hopefully win. They almost lost in Cleveland. Our backup is Ryan Mallett. Right. You know, the Ravens are one of these teams that were supposed to sign Kaepernick, but. Biscotti said, "Oh yeah, our fans can't do it," which is ridiculous because if someone actually thinks that. Ryan Mallett is better than Colin Kaepernick, then their football sense needs to be managed. I also thought it would be cool to have two quarterbacks who played against each other in the same Super Bowl be on the same team. That would be kind of yeah. a weird, fun coincidence. And it's not like those quarterbacks were like they kind of their teams carried them in the Super Bowl. Those were like elite quarterbacks in 2012. Yeah. Like Joe Flacco was, well, you know. Flacco was before. He was in the playoffs. Yeah, in I know. The playoffs, but Joe he was certainly elite. Um, Joe Flacco yeah, was like elite. Joe Montana times Tom Brady. I've said. That that postseason was the greatest postseason run for quarterback in history. I mean, yeah, he he was just insane, which is why he signed that huge contract and ruined the Ravens for the next ten years. Yeah. Win so, and then Browns we lose. I mean, Browns we win. Sorry, Colts we win and Bengals at home. I lost you guys. No, we're oh, listening. sorry. I, there was background noise that just stopped. <laughs> um, and then Bengals, I would say, is a. Mm, at home, a win. All right, so you're finishing. What is that? Eight and eight, then? Or is that seven? I think and that's nine? seven and nine. Yeah, seven and nine. Yeah, I have the Ravens finishing eight and eight, uh, possibly nine and seven. So I'm a little higher, as we said, than you are. Uh, they're over unders eight and a half. So you're gonna take the. I mean, that's sure. like one of the most insane over unders I've seen. Yeah. Okay, so that's a lock for you. Yes, I mean, I yeah, that would be one of my best bets. All right, is Joe Flacco still the starting quarterback for this team uh, next September? Yeah, they're paying him like $27 million. So, uh, I mean, I guess that's not always guaranteed, but I think so, barring injury. Again, there's so much goodwill. Ravens culture is weird at this point because of, uh, because of the way that they had that five-year run where they won a playoff game every game. So as Akiva said, they're kind of like a legacy team. So everybody just assumes, oh, it's the Ravens. You know, they have this good system. You know, Ozzie Newsom's a good drafter, even though he hasn't good, had good drafts recently. So, I mean, people just assume good things, and uh, 
there's still enough goodwill towards Flacco in uh, the community again because he literally won them a Super Bowl. Do you do you think that I think he'll? Start. I mean, it, do you think that that like people will you'll he'll start to get the color treatment where it's like, well, can we do a little bit better than this or or no? You think uh, he's is he? I mean, he's not so old. Like, is he just locked into the gig for the next five years? I think so, and I think that also he might have the Cutler thing where people joke that Cutler doesn't care mm-hmm. at all. And I think that that's the thing with Flacco. Flacco, you know, signed his money, and then people feel like he kind of isn't right. trying. I think some – like, it's it's very split amongst uh, Ravens Nation. as It divides the whole world if, if the Ravens are any good. You know, some people call him Joe Flaccid, and uh, some people still believe he can be the quarterback. Some people, you know, blame the offensive line or the weapons because they've never really had mm-hmm. good weapons. And uh, even even in their amazing run, you know, it was just Anquan Bolden, who was a serviceable wide receiver. You know, Torrey Smith just drawing penalties, you know, Jacoby Jones, and they had some other guys. And uh, so they've never had a great weapons. And, uh, and then, of course, a wife beater. I mean, what he's, so, what he's uh, starting to do the last two years is throw shorter passes. Now, maybe you could argue it's a problem with the offensive line yeah, or, or the receivers, but... There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a lot of checkdowns this year. There were I mean, like that's why you have aggravating Woodhead, right? amount of checkdowns last year. Yeah, but if you know your strategy is to just pass to a aging, hurt thirty two, you know five foot six, you know running back, uh, then I don't know if that's a long term strategy to uh, propel this offense. Again, it all rests on Flacco. Flacco's. Good. I mean, he's thirty two. Like I don't think he's magically gonna become better than he's ever been. Like. His best season yeah, was in no, 2010. I mean, he's coming, again, he's uh, that was a long time ago. I guess 2014, but yeah, the, he was. Yeah, he's very good in 2014. That was post Super Bowl. They had a random renaissance. That was the Gary Kubiak year. So, and then they fired him. Uh, and so I can't imagine that at, at 32 he's gonna he's gonna just, especially coming off mm-hmm. a back injury. Like there's no. Again, I mean, there's players no are, like think. you could have a down year in the NFL. If you have two down years, generally means like you're. On the essentially on the decline, like it, it, football is, you know, is pretty punishing. And I saw someone this week on Twitter be like, "Well, Doug Martin had a good season in like 2011. I hope he could get back." Like, no, your running back who was good six years ago is not going to get back to that. Like, that's not that's never happened yeah. in the history of the league, and it's not happening today. Like, the you know, the Flacco might be better Again, than last rate- year, but I, I think we know what he is at this point. Again, this Ravens manifesto. Again, there's this blind faith in Baltimore and amongst well, I think it Ravens, starts with Harbaugh. You know, I think people faithful. think, oh, Harbaugh's a good coach, so he'll figure it out. Yeah, it does start with Harbaugh, but there's a belief in the system, and that is why they always say we're going to have eight wins. And I mean, to be fair, they did have a good DVOA. They had a p- positive point differential, but I mean, a lot of those good stats are based off they had one game where they beat the Dolphins by like 40 points, and that kind of just like carried them. They would have a negative point differential otherwise, so. It might be a bit misleading, and the Dolphins, as we mm-hmm. saw in the playoffs, are pretty terrible. All right, Garrett. So, Chester, you want to do over-under? We did over-under. I'm getting old. Yeah, we did over-under. It's eight and a half, and he says that's crazy. And he's I mean, it's under. literally, I think it might be the worst over-under in the entire league. And uh, the the uh, I think the Ravens guy on ESPN said they were going to go nine wins. And I don't know if you saw the article on ESPN where all the beat writers tried to guess their wins but literally eight they had eight people had their teams going 11 and 5 which would be the most insane year of all time i think i counted that it was over 60 wins and losses yeah well that that's and that was the running joke we had chester can we do a talking, talking soccer, soccer segment, segment. steal from yeah. part of my take but actually talk soccer for a second because i'm sick of talking about the ravens no offense garrett but they're the same team every year oh yeah they're terrible 
So I, you know, I was I was uh, distraught about the uh, the U.S. losing two nothing. I'm a big USMNT fan, and it was a, a, a terrible loss uh, at home to Costa Rica this weekend. And obviously today they have a must win game in Honduras. But so three teams, Chester, out of six, make make the World Cup in Concacaf in the North America Plus region, right? I know how. Yeah, and but the fourth team now gets a starting last World Cup gets a like a home and home with you oh, know yeah. the, their equivalent in what is Asia. And they do the same thing yeah. with South America versus Oceania, which really means New Zealand, because nobody else, like the second best team is the Solomon Islands. That, that, they should get like an eighth of a spot, not a half a spot in Oceania, but that, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so the, if the U.S. finishes fourth, it looked like they were going to have to like go to maybe Uzbekistan or something, but just based on the result that just happened this second, they may have to go to Syria, which would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it would be funny. U.S. versus Syria, first spot in the World Cup. <laughs> Anyway, it's been uh, talking soccer. Good segment. Do, do not check uh, Maryland Twitter because uh, you have a couple guys out for the season that you're not going to be happy about. All right, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to – this could be rough. I hope you liked your freshman quarterback. Oh, yeah, they, they were like Georgia Tech last night. They just ran every play for – they just ran for like 300 yards. Well, so. they're going to have to do that because they don't have the starter anymore. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's, he's out for the year. Do you know Jesse Anibobinum? He's also active. Uh, uh, yeah, Garrett's discovering this in real time. You go for your walk, Keith. We got to go from your 27th ranked Raven to the 28th ranked. Raven. All right. Yeah, we got another. We got another podcast to do. Yeah. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. The Rams are worse than the Ravens. But uh, you did a great job, Garrett. We always have a trouble finding Ravens fans, so thank you so much. All right. Have fun, guys. Thank you. I'm a big fan. I've been uh, listening to you on Rob's stuff, so I've listened to probably 500 hours of you talking in my ear, Akiva. So this oh is a God, this is a real thrill. Terrible. So uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, it was a thrill to have you. You did a good job. We'll we'll have you back. Thanks so much, Garrett. Thank you very much. All right, Garrett. Good luck to the Ravens, except the Vikings game this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And you never know. Maybe you'll be back on in January. Keeve does not think so. Neither we're, do you. We're like, if, Maryland's, if Maryland's in the college football playoff, we'll have him back on. <laughs> yeah, that would be the oh, day. I, I mean, after Saturday, I was just booking my ticket. I was already booking my ticket to the playoff. But uh, it's, yeah, I, I doubt that would happen. I mean, I, at this point this year, the goal would be to prove ourselves as a Big Ten school. Because still, everybody gives us crap. We just want to beat Rutgers. We, if we lose to Rutgers, that would be embarrassing. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right. Wait, wait. Don't say bye, Keeve. You're staying with me. Okay. Whoops. Time to talk Rams. All right. Time to talk Rams. We jump, Except we did we that. We jump right into We're actually Rams. talking Lions. But yeah. <laughs> should we talk right in, Should we jump right into yeah, the Rams? jump right into the Rams. Okay. Uh, this is the on? last of the really crappy teams. This is the uh, 28th ranked Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 20 is how many fans they have left also. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, at least we found one of those 28 to come on the podcast this year, and uh, hopefully he'll be a uh, real Rams fan, because last year we had the host of the Rams podcast, and it turns out he was a Bears fan. So <laughs> we'll see if we can improve on that. Uh, so this year we have with us uh, Alex Alarcon. Uh, Alex, are you a real Rams fan? I'm a real Rams fan. I uh, stick with them all in the St. Louis days, and uh, when they left from LA to St. Louis, so uh, I've been through every single year of Punishment and tears, so uh, ready okay, for so another year. So you write for RamsHeadquarters.com. So you started – you're from St. Louis, and you started as a as Rams fan in St. Louis? I actually started – so I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and I started okay. the blog when they're in St. Louis. So – and why was that? Just because they had been in L.A. before or 
Yeah, just because he hadn't been to LA before and just the sort opportunity. Like Adam I think he always stuck with the Rams. Yeah, Corolla. Yeah, I was always stuck with them. Yeah, so coming back to LA was very exciting for you then. Oh, it was very exciting. I had, as soon as I got the news, jumped on board season tickets, and I'm a season ticket holder. Oh, okay. So yeah, we have a legit Rams fan here today. All right. Um, are you excited for that uh, budding rivalry you're going to have with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers? <laughs> I mean, we could, we could say it's a rivalry right now. You know, we have those Charger fans who uh, I don't know if you saw when they play the Rams in the preseason, they try to unleash their uh, huge banner, which was absolutely a fail. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So let's uh, jump right in here. Uh, you know, this is a team who last year had the worst offense in the league by DVOA, and um, that sort of killed any chance you had, even even with a, with a decent defense. Jared Goff, Keeve hates Jared Goff. Uh, tell us if there's any reason why Jared Goff is going to be anything other than terrible. Well, see, it's the, the offense lines improved, and the receivers are improved as well. And, you know, basically the ball is in the court right now. So this is the year we're going to see if he's actually worth, you know, the first pick. And, you know, as all Rams fans, we're, we're waiting to see if he's actually worth, you know, the money, all the draft picks. You know, we not necessarily improve everything on the offensive line and the wide receiving core, but if he is a decent quarterback and he is an NFL starting quarterback, he should be able to win games with our offensive line and wide receiving core. But you keep saying if. So. Yeah, have you <laughs> seen, Alex, have you seen any signs? Is there any... Anything you've seen that's positive that makes you think, oh, last year was an aberration and the line wasn't good enough and Jeff Fisher is incompetent? Like, what? Have you seen anything that makes you think, oh, yeah, Goff is going to be a good NFL quarterback? Oh, absolutely. I've seen throughout the preseason games where instead of him running outside the pocket, he's staying in the pocket, he's taking the hits, but he's also throwing the ball a lot more downfield. And especially the game against the Raiders, he looked incredibly well. And what I've seen is that he stays in the pocket he doesn't target one receiver. He'll look all across the field now. So I think he's getting more comfortable and he's ready for the NFL now. And so we'll see if that actually all plays in truth now. And let's talk about, I mean, you keep talking about the receivers he has. Um, you know, this is a team that's been paying a lot of money for bad receivers for a while. Last year, they gave Tavon Austin a huge contract, which uh, really didn't make sense. This year, it was Robert Woods who they gave a big contract to. And then they made the trade for Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, Watkins is, you know, where whereas Tavon Austin and Robert Woods, it was really incomprehensible. Watkins, at least in theory, has the potential to be a Pro Bowl receiver, although he hasn't done it yet and he hasn't stayed healthy either. So, I mean, are these are these receivers, I know that they're expensive, but does that actually make them good? Oh, not necessarily. I'm uh, not the biggest fan of Tavon Austin. I think this is this possibly maybe his last year in Los Angeles. If he doesn't fit in the new role that Mc, uh, McVay has, then I think he's easily out of uh, his role. Yeah, sorry. Kiva? Uh, you ask one more question. You can take this. All right, and then uh, and let's talk about the running game. Todd Gurley, obviously, as a rookie, was incredible. And uh, last year, uh, you know, as he was a top two or three pick in every fantasy draft, he uh, regressed very, very badly. Uh, you know, is this is this a Trent Richardson situation all over again, or is Gurley going to bounce back? Oh, yeah, I think uh, Todd Gurley will definitely bounce back. I mean, we'll... I don't see it definitely being a bounce back to his rookie year, but it's definitely a bounce back where he finally has a world back in the Rams offense, maybe close to around that 1,000-yard rushing and close to you know, six to eight rushing touchdowns. But I think since we uh, got that the off-the-line help definitely on the left side, it definitely will open up the running game 
even more, and which that will lead to hopefully a better passing game for Jared Goff. So you think that it's going to have to be the running game that's going to set up the passing game? Absolutely. Because NFL, because, most teams sort of go the other way these days. Yeah, well, especially what I, what I saw from last year is the every every uh, defense knew that Jared Goff was horrible. They knew the only offensive player they had to lock in on was Todd Gurley. So they load the box. They had eight uh, defenders in the box, and they just got Todd Gurley. That's why Todd Gurley had, I think, an average around 1.8 or 2.1 yards per carry, which is abysmal. And so if we somehow get Todd Gurley to open up the running game, I think Goss will be more comfortable in the pocket. We actually throw the ball now. And so now the defense has, you know, look out for two of the passing game and the running game for the Rams. And let's talk about the coach for a second. So first of all, I'm, I assume that you're overjoyed that you're finally done with Jeff Fisher. after oh, you know, absolutely. And is Sean McVay sort of getting the benefit of being anybody other than, jo- than uh, Fisher? Or do you have uh, other takes on him? Oh, yeah, no, he's, I think if the, the Rams could have hired anyone, and from a fan standpoint, you know, every fan would have been absolutely joyful to hear the news that Jeff Fisher's gone. But, you know, looking at this, you know, the Rams are the second youngest team in the NFL, and so we hired, you know, the youngest uh, NFL coach. And so I think what the Rams fan standpoint is, like, you know, hopefully he's in this, you know, road, road trip for, like, a long time with us. And, you know, I think he understands particularly the offensive standpoint, to fix Jared Goff. We hired Sean McVay to fix Jared Goff and make him, you know, one of the best NFL starting quarterbacks in the league. And so with that news from the Washington Redskins, we're like, if he can fix Jared Goff, our defense is looking good. We have Wade Phillips now. And so I think overall, we're looking at a pretty solid team for this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. If Jared Goff is an average NFL quarterback, then you guys have a very good team. I'm just not totally not totally buying it. Um, yeah, I, Mick, did you watch the uh, the Amazon series All or Nothing? Yes, I that did. was really good. Did you learn anything uh, like about the team and like what 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 was the uh, highlight of that series for you? It was really good. I, we highly recommend people watching it. Oh yeah, it's, it's it was a great series. I watched last year's series with the Cardinals, and that was another great series. But I think what. I really learned in Saul was just the culture stuck to change. You know, they it felt like, you know, they want to win. You know, they want to get their reps in. They haven't to go. It's basically like a new life. They're given like a second life now to try to find themselves in Los Angeles. And I think, you know, it just really showed in that series, you know, with McVeigh, you know, getting all the players ready. Phillips just his mastermind on defense. You know, I think it'll really see that the Rams really want to play this season, but we'll see if, you know, they could, compete with the other teams i mean you've you've talked a lot about how the offensive line has improved uh, you've signed a bunch of big names you know john sullivan the former pro bowl center for the vikings andrew whitworth obviously the, uh, the former pro bowl uh, tackle for the Bengals. but these are also guys in their mid-30s or even older um so i mean are these guys who are names or the, i mean like the vikings let sullivan go and the vikings have disasters all over the offensive line so it, you know are you guys just sort of getting big names that are late in their career and no longer can get it done yeah unfortunately we are but I think the one name that will probably stick with us for a little bit is Andrew Whitworth. He was our biggest offensive line signing, and I think he probably will be uh, one of the best uh, left tackles right now in the league. And so with that, like our, I see our left side, the offensive line, with Roger Saffold, Andrew Whitworth, and John Sullivan. It's above average. It's looking good. But unfortunately, our right side, when we have uh, Rob Havenstein and Jamal Brown, you know, those are guys who have – two, three years of experience in the NFL. 
And so we're trying to develop them with the guys of our left side. So once, you know, our left side off the line kind of teaches the right side, you know, what to do, then, you know, hopefully we'll have an off the line. But as for years, you know, this is probably like a two to three year gig with some of these big name players who probably have a little bit left in the tank. And so hopefully with between that two, three years, the Rams start winning and we can get some bigger free agency or better draft selections because, you know, not a lot of free agents wants to come to Los Angeles for a team, you know, who had four wins last year or they're known for the offense being horrible. So I think... I mean, and, and even at, like, receiver, you know, like, obviously you added Watkins is, is the big piece in the offseason, and, and, and Woods as well. But Kenny Britt, who left... I mean, Kenny Britt had a monster year last year. To get 1,300 yards for, from these garbage quarterbacks is really impressive. You know, Sammy Watkins has never got close to that in his career. I think his career high is, like, 1,040 yards or something. So, you know, is there even a guarantee that the receivers are an improvement over last year? I think Brian Quick also left. Is that right? Yeah, Brian Quick also left. Yeah, I think... It is is definitely improvement. Uh, you know, we have, we got Robert Woods, we have uh, Sammy Watkins now, and I think Sammy Watkins replaces that that Kenny Britt, and Robert Woods replaces the the Brian Quick. And so I think that definitely is improvement. I don't really see it as a huge improvement because they're all ifs right now. Sammy Watkins is turning from injury. Robert Woods is a big game here and there. Tavon Austin is, you know, typical Tavon Austin every single game, but. You know, the, the receivers are looking better, but not necessarily like the best in the league. And I think we have to really see like in the next first couple games is what is McVay's system, what they have placed for them. And I kind of also saw that in the offseason, they got rid of a lot of Fisher's players and Im- implanted their own players for, the, for this franchise. All right, let's jump to the defensive side of the ball for a second. So the Rams, you know, they try and uh, identify as a defense-first team. Last year, the defense was 15th in the league, so, you know, only about average, and you need a lot better than that when you have, you know, one of the worst offenses in the league. Uh, you add Connor Barwin this year, but I think the biggest news right now is that Aaron Donald, who's, you know, one of the best two or three defensive players in the league probably, uh, holding out, not showing up. Is he going to be playing week one? Unfortunately, it looks like he will not be playing week one. Even if he magically showed up to Rams camp in the next 24 hours it's going to be impossible for him to learn the play style of Wade Phillips impossible to get back into the NFL ready ship even though he is practicing offside at the uh, University of Pittsburgh right now it's not you know our mentality and preparation for the defenders so he's not gonna be ready week one but it's also good news for Rams fans because Andrew Luck is not playing week one so if we could somehow beat the Colts Without Andrew Luck and without Aaron Donald, I think it's going to be a mess of a game. Somehow, in some way. Somehow, I'd say if you can't beat the Colts without Aaron, if you can't beat the Colts without Luck, you should pretty much give up on the season after Week One. And that's the worst team you're going to play all year. Scott Tolzien and the Colts. Absolutely. Absolutely. It. It's going to be one of those games where it's going to probably be like nine three probably. But if somehow Jared Goff and the offense gets clicking, then you know it could be a, a very impressive win for the Rams. But we'll we'll see how the offense goes. But defensively, Aaron Donald's uh, holdout is I haven't I don't know if it's going to continue. It's when the offseason started, and I saw Aaron Donald news he's going to hold out. So okay, he'll probably hold out half of August easily. But if anyone told me that he's going to be hold out into the season, I would just laugh in their face. So it's still hard to see if it's the Rams' standpoint that's holding back the contract or just Aaron Donald and his agent just being a little selfish here. 
So how does this team, you know, improve on being the 15th best defense in the league if their best player isn't even playing? Yeah, and you're totally right. It's they can't improve because the their centerpiece, their glue on that defense is not there. And for for how many weeks that the Rams have without Aaron Donald, it's gonna be extremely difficult for for someone to step up. And you know, we let go of William Hayes, who's with the Dolphins now, and he was a great uh, dude to line member. And I think if he's if he was still on the team. It might have helped a little bit, but our defensive line depth is just not as good now from four to three years back ago. And so without Aaron Donald, it's our defense will probably be ranking probably in the first first couple games, maybe like 18th or 20th without Donald because Donald brought that pressure. Even though he didn't have a ton of sacks, he brought that pressure, which led to interceptions, led to incomplete passes, and that's what really just helped this Rams defense and the team overall. And so when you're main captain when your main guy's not there it's just this team is a i'll say not even a team right now it's just someone who's just a team that's just trying to like pass by for the moment um well you know you just cut down to the 53-man roster was there anybody in particular that uh like made the team that was interesting or got caught that you were upset about i wouldn't necessarily say you know that caught my eye uh there was a a center who's who got cut, but he's on the practice squad. Uh, uh, Jake Ehlern Ramp, who's with uh, I think he was with Washington, who's a great center. So I th- definitely thought he would be on the Rams uh, Rams roster. But besides that, I know a lot of fans were upset that Nelson Spruce got got waived, injury waived. Uh, he was all preseason hype. I wasn't really a big fan of him, you know. But besides that, like I think everyone knew who was going to get on that roster. Uh, but even if the players, like uh, I think Sam Rogers, the, the fullback, I think the only one of the lone fullbacks in this league, uh, he got waived, but he gets on the practice squad. So there wasn't not, not necessarily a lot of people who got cut and just tossed to the side. They're on our practice squad. So if something does happen, you know, they'll be brought back up. So it sounds like you're not too optimistic. This team's over under right now is five and a half. Would you go over or under that? I, I would go over. I predicted them with getting six wins, and so, but it all all depends on one how Aaron Donald when he shows up, two if Jared Goff and Sean McVay they fit the system, and you know, and they need to get the hot start and continue that hot start. You saw the Rams last year. I think they started three and one or four and one. You know, they beat the Cardinals, they beat Seattle, and they were. Uh, one of the most disrespected uh, 3-1 or 4-1 teams in the NFL last year. And then just the typical Jeff Fisher, the team falls apart. They lose, you know, five, six games in a row. And I think I do see the Rams once again getting a hot start. But from recent years, the Rams haven't showed anyone that they can continue this hot start. They, you know, they fall flat and the energy is gone. You know, the mentality in the locker room probably isn't, you know, winning. And so I think, with McVeigh, uh, you know, Wade Phillips, I think, you know, we can potentially, you know, bring something, but I'm not too optimistic on the season. Um, it's, a, it's a long process for this team. We can't get a new head coach, base, new, new all the coaches and new players and expect, uh, you know, a 10-12 win team. You know, they may have the capability of getting 10-12 wins, which is great, but 
it's a long process that, you know, every fan and every writer has to understand that, you know, maybe give me two years and the Rams, you know, are competing for a wild card race strongly. But I'd rather this team slowly get there and it's going to be a process. Uh, I think just the right, jump well, from Fisher Steve, to a competent coach puts me over. Uh, I, I, I think Goff is abominable, and I think the Goff thing is going to become a big story this year because they're going to have to cut bait, I think, after after year two, unless he show you know, if he's not, like, uh, you know, if, he, if he's not the 23rd best quarterback by the end of the season, I think he cut bait. If he's not what we called last year, like the Tannehill-Cutler line, right, everyone better than them is, like, automatically the starter and everyone worse doesn't have their job. Then, uh, then I, I think I think you have to start looking. I don't know if you cut him, but you gotta you gotta start. You know, he can't be the the unquestioned starter in 2018. But I'm gonna go over and say they're going six and ten. All right, six and ten. I'm gonna say under. I have him going four and twelve again. I just I, I, like you. I just think Goff is 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 not good right now. And the the only advantage I have is that San Francisco is also in their division. But last year, San Francisco won two, and the Rams still only found a way to win four. So, um, you know. I'm uh, I'm I'm very pessimistic on this team right now, and again, and again, if 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 they don't get Aaron Donald back soon, it could be an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> so, Alex, that's that's our positive feelings for your team this year. Oh yeah, every, every fan knows that you know Aaron Donald's the glue right now, and it's basically you know you have a final like you know from school you're studying you're you have a final and you don't study. That's what the Rams are doing right now. They're trying to get by and pass this final right now without Aaron Donald. So. Okay. We'll see. It's it's going to be a hopefully a short journey without Aaron Donald, and hopefully he comes back soon. Or else, you know, the fight for LA in quotes, you know, could be all Chargers right now. <laughs> all right. Well, Alex, uh, good luck this season. Uh, I don't think we'll be having you back for the playoffs, but <laughs> maybe maybe next August again. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely fun, guys. And uh, Alex, you're on Twitter at. Uh, Alex Alarcon 49, right? Correct. Or we can uh, catch up with you at ramsheadquarters.com. You got it. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Alex.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.